Bookshop Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and I run an independent bookstore in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It is nestled in the cutest little community called High Street, full of red brick buildings and big trees. Honestly, when you're in Edmonton, you gotta come check it out. And there has been so much activity at the bookstore lately that I just have not been on the podcast. So you probably noticed that I missed a week and a half. But you know what? That happens, folks. I don't have a producer. I don't have all those other things that make podcasts for shiny, fancy people happen. It's just me. So I do this when I can fit it in. And I'm super excited to have this time with you today because there's this beautiful little nugget of white space on my calendar, which means free time. And so when I think free time, I'm either thinking, hmm, reading or podcasting about reading. So today the podcasting wins out. Okay. And we are only going to talk about books because that's really all I have the headspace to do right now. If I'm not reading, frankly, I just want to be talking about reading. So my life is very, very simple. (laughs) Okay. So here we go. I have been reading a lot of books lately that are kind of in a similar vein. I'm typically not somebody who is drawn to mystery, thriller, suspense. I kind of like my people to be a little more on the safe side, maybe without quite so much blood and scare moments. But for whatever reason, this is the kind of stuff I'm being drawn to lately. So you know what? When the book says go, you just go with it. So I'm going to give you just a rundown briefly on what I've been reading and then let me know what you're reading. I would love to get some inspiration from you because that's how this works, right? Okay, so first thing I want to do is talk about a book called The Shadow Sister by Lucinda Riley. Now this is number three in the Seven Sisters series. The premise of this series is this gentleman has adopted six girls as babies from all over the world and they grow up together as sisters and this is their life and then when he dies he leaves them all letters and in these letters they are given some clues as to what their origins are if they want to seek them out so each book is one sister going on an origin seeking story they're really nice books they are I don't know, it's kind of a beautiful romp between travel and romance and drama and history. It's it's just a lovely paced set of stories. And the third one here, this is about Star. And she finds herself going through the English countryside. And she finds herself in an antique bookstore. And she just finds keys to her past that have to deal with Beatrix Potter and a royal family. And oh, you know, of course there's some romance, but it is just, it is such a sweet book. This is the third one that I've read and each one has been really delightful. I love that there are, they feel similar to each other, but they're not the same story. Each sister is going to go on her own journey There may be love, there of course will be a historical element to it, but it's just so fresh to read something that is well-researched, innovative, and not too heavy. Because you know what, as I'm going to talk about in a little while, I read some books that were a little, uh, a little heavy. (laughs) So this was just a really nice, light start to it all. Okay, so then I read a book called The Plot by Jean Hanf Korlitz. Now, 
You are probably going to hear a lot about this book now because Jimmy Fallon has just chosen this book as the one he's going to read for the summer and people are going to follow along and read with him and everybody's very excited about it because they voted that he reads this book. <clears throat> okay. Yay, Jimmy. However, folks, we heard about this book on this very podcast a number of episodes back. If you go back to chapter 45, when I'm talking to my rep at the publishing house, she told me about this book and I said, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I have to read it, which of course I did right away. And then I told everybody about it and it's been on my staff favorites shelf for weeks. And now Jimmy talks about it. And of course, everybody's saying, oh, wow, I never heard about this book before. <laughs> uh, okay, so here in this podcast, we already knew. We already knew. And maybe you've already read it. But if you haven't, here's the summary. Okay, so Jacob is an author. He's not necessarily a great author or a very well-known author. He's had a couple books published, but... Maybe only his mom bought them, you know, like he's just he's really struggling to have that breakthrough novel. So what he decides to do is teach and he teaches students how to write and how to conceive their story well. And he works with them and he gets this very arrogant young wannabe writer who comes to him full of vim and vigor, who's just so cocky and tells him that he has this plot for a book which is going to change the world. It will be the biggest book ever. There will be movies made of this which will be epic and award-winning and it will be the book that everybody reads. <laughs> and Jacob's like, mm -hmm. okay buddy, tell me what this book's about. And so this young egomaniac tells him what the plot is and Jacob agrees, well darn it, that, that actually does sound really good. And then time goes on and he keeps looking, but he never sees this book written. Then he hears that this young egomaniac student dies. And he checks and he does some research. This guy never wrote the book. So Jacob decides, uh, I'm going to write the book. Okay, now, morally and ethically, probably not the best decision. However, he does it. And all these things happen. It becomes the biggest deal. Steven Spielberg wants to write the movie and direct it. And it's going to be a huge breakout deal. He is now rich and famous. And then he gets a note that says, you are a thief. Okay, so you think you know how this book is going to go. Oh, whoops, he got caught. Oh, but it is not playing out like you anticipate it will. And one of the really creative things about this one is in between chapters of Jacob's dilemma, you actually get to read chapters of the book that they're actually talking about. So you get to see this story that took over the world and it's just so smart. It is incredibly um, discussable. Is that a word? Discussable? <laughs> You'll want to talk to somebody about this book after you read it. So if you have a book club, this is a really, really solid discussion book choice. Okay, another Peter Swanson book that I read is called All the Beautiful Lies. In this one, Harry gets news that his father dies and he goes back to where his father was living and has to set to work to wrapping up the details of his father's life and dealing with the circumstances surrounding his death, which actually are more mysterious than he initially thought. And on top of all of this, he's living in the house with his stepmom, Alice, who is 
a strange kind of character. She's very attentive. She's very supportive and warm and oddly sensual towards him. I'm not going to say too much about that, but she is a, she's a little bit of a twisted ticket. So, um, yes, there's an awful lot that Harry has to unravel when he does this visit and also dealing with the fact that maybe his dad was not who he thought he was. Oh, there's so much going on. So in this book, Wow, there is a whole lot that you are unpacking. And as always, Peter Swanson never lets you get too comfortable. He likes to keep you a little bit on edge, a little bit uh, alert all the time, which is kind of a fun way to read these books because this is not like my life, y'all. I do not understand these kinds of situations. So when I dive in, <laughs> I'm very, very curious. And Peter Swanson lays it out in ways that sometimes make me uncomfortable, they make me very uh, edgy, but always I am very curious about what happens next. So this one, All the Beautiful Lies by Peter Swanson, I guess this is what they call a typical Peter Swanson book. It was a, a serious page turner, absolutely. The next book that I read was called The Dutch Wife by Ellen Keith. Now, if you remember, we also mentioned this book back in chapter 46 when I talked to Ellen's brother, Peter Keith, who runs Muley's here in Edmonton. And this book was, whew, there was, this is not for light readers. The story behind this one is Marika is a young woman who is recently married, fully in love with her husband, World War II separates them, he has to go and fight. And the only way she can survive is to agree to be part of a brothel that serves the German soldiers. Now, this is not for a light reader. I mean, this is a part of World War II historical fiction you really don't hear that much about. And it was interesting, but it was also... Ugh, it was a little hard to read in parts, and I really did admire Ellen's historical aspect to it, the research. The characters I thought were very well done, and I really did empathize with um, Marika's position. It was just, it was such a challenging read for me. Um, I thought the end wrapped up maybe a little bit too nicely, if that could be a word to use for a World War II fiction book about a woman who works in a brothel. I don't know, but it was it was a good read. I'm glad I read it. Um, I needed to take a little break actually when it was over and read something a little bit lighter. So here is what I read after that one. 84 Charing Cross Road by Helen Hanth. Okay, friends, this is the little heartwarming book you didn't know that you had to read. This one is it. It is a tiny little thing. And it is a nonfiction book that takes place over 20 years of letters written from Helen Hanf, who is a freelance New York writer, to a little <laughs> antiquarian bookshop owner in London, England. And their friendship as it develops over 20 years is so refreshing, so delightful. I loved everybody in this book because it's not only 
Helen and the bookshop owner who talk. It is also his wife and the staff at the bookshop who are so grateful for all the little gifts that Helen mails over there, like pantyhose and eggs and food that they're having a really hard time getting because, you know, the war. So I think it was just, ah gosh, it was just such a lovely book. And of course, as a bookshop owner myself, I love all the little pieces of it. And I do know how in a bookstore, everybody has their own funny quirks, their habits, their beautiful curiosities, and it makes this sweet little family. So it was just wonderful. I highly recommend it. 84 Charing Cross Road by Helen Hampf. Okay, then after this one, I read another Peter Swanson book called Her Every Fear. Whew, all right, so here we go, diving right back into these compelling, suspenseful reads. All right, Her Every Fear focuses on a woman named Kate who has anxiety, but for good reason. She was severely traumatized by a previous partner and nearly died. So she is deservedly so on edge about certain things and she doesn't trust easily and her safety is always in question. Her parents are concerned about her and they're not exactly sure how she's going to get on with life because she just can't seem to settle properly. Then she has an opportunity to apartment swap with a cousin that she's never met who lives in Boston. Now Kate lives in England so she would be making quite a trip um, dealing with all sorts of safety concerns and issues and fears that she has. But she conquers these. She goes to Boston, takes a deep breath, and as soon as she arrives, she discovers um, there is something untoward that has occurred in her next-door neighbor's apartment. And Kate is thrown right away into something that, well, even if you didn't have anxiety before, would probably give you anxiety now. How does she deal with this? How does she function in this strange land called Boston and having the trauma history that she has? Oh my gosh, there is so much going on in this one. It was kind of, for me, it was like part mystery and part thrilling book at the same time. It was a really great combination. I quite like this one. I also really like that once again, Peter Swanson has a way of carrying you through the story without letting the pace lag. He's very, very good at starting at the beginning and from very, like page one, you are so into this book. It just carries all the way through. It doesn't really let up. And then when it's over, oh, you gotta take a deep breath. Okay, Whew. there we go. Whew. Okay, thank you, Peter Swanson. And you move on. So I did, I moved right on. But of course, I did not read another suspenseful book. I had to pace myself. So I finished The Girl in His Shadow by Audrey Blake. Again, if you look back in the podcast history, you will see I did talk to the two authors of this book, who are Jama Fixon and Regina Saroy. They are co-authors, and their pen name is Audrey Blake. This is the story of Nora. She is a young orphan who is the ward of Dr. Croft. He is a surgeon in this small community. He has a private little medical clinic. And unbeknownst to the world around them, because this is in the 1800s where women were not really allowed to do much of anything. They had no authority, no um, 
no permission to do big things. Everything was run by men. Everything was decided by men. And women were just the caretakers of the households. Ha, huh, I have some thoughts about that. <laughs> but I digress. Okay, so Nora grows up under the wing of Dr. Croft and he's been slowly teaching her things her whole life. She's learned how to do anatomical drawings of all the things that are happening in the surgery. She's learning how to assist him in things and she's studying biology and anatomy and all the things. She's really, really skilled. But Dr. Croft needs some help in his surgical office because he just can't do it all himself and nobody else can know that Nora is sometimes the extra hands that do things on the side because he would probably lose his clinic. So he hires um, another surgical assistant named Daniel Gibson. Daniel Gibson is this young, budding, like wannabe guy who's so eager. He's got his own baggage of stuff, but that's dealt with later in the book. And he jumps in and then he discovers, oh my God, this young woman is knowledgeable and helping you? <gasps> Scandal. But he also kind of admires her because she has got some skill, this girl. She has got it. So yeah, I won't tell you too much about it. If you go back and listen to the other podcast episode where I talk to Jema and Regina, you can hear more about the backstory. Needless to say, this was a very good book. I'm very glad that so many people in our Pebble Club subscription have read this book because I really, really want to share this story with as many different eager readers, especially readers who love historical fiction, as I possibly can. A story where a woman overcomes and breaks the glass ceiling that men have made for her and shows what she can do and changes the game. Oh, yes, I'm so down for that. So awesome. Thank you, Jayma and Regina, because The Girl in His Shadow was exactly what I needed. It was awesome. Honestly, search up this book, y'all. It, it's really a good one. Okay. Then I read another Peter Swanson book. I know, what is it with me and Peter Swanson lately? I don't know, but he just seems to have that narrative voice that I need and I just want more of it. So that's what I did. So I found a book of his called Before She Knew Him. This one, this one was good. I also liked it. I liked it a lot. The premise of this one is there are two young couples who live next door to each other. And well... They decide they're going to have a dinner party. And at this dinner party, one woman who is overcoming some of her own demons sees a statue in the office of the gentleman who lives next door. And she is instantly drawn back to a time where she was obsessing about a local murder that had never been solved. And there was clues that she was learning about. And she's pretty sure she's looking at one of those clues right now. Okay, so there is a lot that is going on in this book. There are four characters who have a lot of personality. They all have like their own backstories. Some of them are super messy. Some of them are dark. Some of them are eh, frankly just pretty normal. But you got to have that, right? You got to balance it out. It is, it is an adventure. It does not also play out like you think it will. And I'm just always so curious about people who have these dark backstories and the lengths they will go to keep their secrets. 
It's very intriguing to me. I really don't have a whole lot of secrets of my own. So I kind of like diving into somebody else's dark stuff. Okay, this one I'm not going to tell you too much about because I feel like if I tell you too much, I will give things away I don't want to give. So read it. Read it and then let me know what you thought. This one is called Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. Okay, then... The last book that I read recently was also a Peter Swanson book. And this is, I think after this, I only have one more to read. And then I read his entire canon. But okay, this one was called The Girl with a Clock for a Heart. I did not love this one. No, no, I did not. It was not for me. And I, I was really tempted to break up with this book on a number of occasions. Um, the premise of this one is George lives a humdrum life. There's really no peaks, no valleys. There's not a whole lot of adventure. He's done the same mediocre job for a long time. He has a best friend who sometimes he has benefits with, but really there's not a whole lot going on. And then one day in a pub, he thinks he sees his first love. Now his first love vanished and possibly was attached to a murder or two and he he can't shake the thought that he saw her so now he's reminiscing about how they met in college and their relationship and the weird way that she left his life and now she's possibly back well yes she is she is back and she's asking him for a favor because you know girls like this who have history with him already in his life yeah they're probably not going to have changed that much so she also has some nefarious schemes going on in her life and she needs his help oh my gosh george has like no backbone and she is so annoying and i can't believe that he would say that he would help her and it was all just so tedious and then honestly it went all the way through the book minor highs and lows not too much in terms of surprise because I was already so done with both of their characters that I actually didn't care what happened to either one of them and it, it was ugh, it was just like in this book I think Peter Swanson was trying to figure himself out as a writer and he was playing with a lot of ideas that didn't get fully hatched and I think there's probably some really good nuggets in there that could have become other books, but they all got put together in this one story. Um, it didn't end in a way that was satisfying for me, and I didn't really care when it was over. So this is not the best review ever. It is more of just a humdrum, I read this book, eh, at least I could cross it off my list kind of experience. And you know what, you guys, that is okay. Because not all books can be these incredible epic reads that just leave you breathless and have you telling everybody about it. No, sometimes they are just a two-star book. That's it. You got to have a two-star book every now and then, right? You just do. So The Girl with a Clock for a Heart. Sorry, Peter Swanson. This was my two-star read. It was my lowest rating on this whole list of books that I've got presented. And I, I will still read your last book. But... I hope it's not like this one. Okay, you guys, that's that's a whole list of books. Whew. I cannot wait to tell you on another episode what else I'm reading, but I will have to save that. There are so many fun things happening at the bookstore. Our very first author event is tomorrow, so I'm kind of getting anxious and worked up about that. 
We're having a local author forum next week with four local authors coming in to do some Q&A and some readings and signings. It's, oh my gosh. There's just so many things. There's book clubs and there is things just all over the place. My head is spinning and I'm also preparing for Christmas because what else do you do in the summer? You prepare for Christmas. Yes. So I am drowning in ideas and lists and possibilities and loving every freaking minute of it. So when you finally get a chance to do that thing that you love doing, grab hold of it with both hands, y'all, and run. It is such a ride and you don't want to waste it. So I am going to leave this recording and I'm going to quickly edit it and then post it and then get back to the business of being a bookshop owner and meeting all the most fabulous people who come into my store and dealing with my team who are extraordinary and making plans for the tomorrows and the tomorrows after that because that's what we do. So I hope you are having a fabulous day. I hope you're reading something awesome. Hug your people and I will see you here next time. And until then, be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable, and may your reading life be extraordinary. See you next time. Mm-hmm.